630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, big game coming up tomorrow night. The Edmonton Oilers take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Leafs, sorry. That'll be 7 o'clock here on 630 Chad with the face-off show starting at 530. Toronto did not start this season well. 2-4-1 and one out of the gate. Since then, since starting 2-4-1, and one, they have gone 16-4-1. and one. 16 wins in their last 21 games for the Maple Leafs. Pardon me, make that 17 wins. 17 wins in their last uh, 22 games for the Toronto Maple Leafs as they are going to be the Oilers' opponent tomorrow night. Toronto has absolutely loved playing at Rogers Place. Now, of course, until last year, it was just one visit a season, and they'd won them all since the opening of Rogers Place. Five visits last year. The Oilers did get an overtime win, but at Rogers Place, Toronto 8-0-1. The Oilers have not beaten the Leafs in regulation time since the move to the new building. So something the Oilers will try to change tomorrow night and, of course, an even bigger priority for the Oilers trying to score some goals and trying to snap this five-game losing streak that has knocked their record down to 16-10 and 10 on the season. One of the storylines would have been, and maybe it still will be, maybe it still will be, Zach Hyman going up against his former team. He was signed away from the Leafs in free agency by the Oilers in the summer. But as you probably saw, with just over three minutes left in the third period on Saturday in the loss to Carolina, Hyman took a big hit from Brady Shea, who'd taken two penalties earlier in the period, and left the ice obviously uncomfortable. Looked like he he was getting his right shoulder looked at on the bench, eventually went to the dressing room, and did not return to the game. So I got to admit, I went to Rogers Place today not expecting Hyman to be on the ice for practice. He was not. And then I was kind of bracing myself for some bad news, like potentially an injury of, of several weeks here when Dave Tippett came out to speak to the media after practice. But it turns out not that serious for Hyman. Here's the update from Tip. Hyman is day-to-day, uh, better uh, better response than we thought coming out of the other night. So he's not he's not been ruled out of tomorrow night yet, but he didn't skate today. Um, Smith still day-to-day. He won't. Uh, be a player tomorrow but he's uh, inching closer Duncan Keith had his first full good practice today uh, if things go well he could possibly be a player tomorrow night if we will see where he's at in the morning Cuckoo first practice with us in a while which was a good sign so uh, we went from no defenseman to a plethora of defensemen out there at practice today so hopefully it's a good sign of things to come and bonus points to Tippett for using plethora in a sentence. So Mike Smith, the goaltender, day-to-day, he will not play tomorrow, but he took a lot of reps in practice today. Miko Koskinen was in the quote-unquote starters net, the net that the Oilers defend in the first and third period, and Mike Smith got the bulk of the work at the other end. Stuart Skinner, I, I don't even know if Skinner would have been in for 10% of the reps. Probably, it's probably 10% maybe around the end of the day. So Smith obviously looking very close. And as he said with Duncan Keith, he is a maybe for tomorrow. Slater Cuckoo not ready yet, but uh, he did get through his first practice today. So a little bit of good news on the injury front for the Oilers as uh, they've been pretty banged up for the last month or so. Smith being day-to-day again, I mean, that's what he was for the longest time when he got hurt in the third game of the season back on October 19th. And then in in mid-November, it got changed to week-to-week. So now he's back down to day-to-day. So hopefully the Oilers' number one goaltender will be able to reappear between the pipes very soon. Now, as for Zach Hyman, you know he wants to play. (laughs) 
you know he's going to do anything in his power to play this game tomorrow against his former team. A little more from Tippett on Hyman. Yeah, we'll see where he is in the morning, but he, he came in yesterday morning and was feeling much better than he anticipated he would, So, and, and today was another step forward, so I'm not, you know, we're not, he didn't want to be counted out yet, but we'll, we'll certainly be careful with him. All right, so again, they got to be careful here with Hyman, but you, you know he's gonna you, he's gonna want to go. He's gonna want to go to face Toronto, who come rolling in here off a five four win over Chicago on Saturday. The Leafs road trip here has been disrupted. Oilers tomorrow. It was supposed to be the Flames on Thursday. The Flames have had three games postponed because of a COVID outbreak on their team. They were supposed to be in Chicago tonight. They were supposed to play at Nashville tomorrow and then host Toronto on Thursday. Now, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see if there are any more positive tests for Calgary. I, I believe that it's possible that the Toronto-Calgary game could simply be played on Friday instead of Thursday. The Leafs scheduled to be in Vancouver on Saturday. It would mean they would have to bump back uh, their appearance in Seattle on Sunday, so there will be there would be some sort of a rejigging of the schedule to do. But I, I think it's possible at this point, if Calgary doesn't have any further cases and they're deemed good to go, that uh, maybe you could see this game Leafs at Calgary just bump back to Friday night and then Calgary has a back-to-back Calgary-Vancouver instead of Vancouver-Seattle. So another story we'll keep an eye on. But that was uh, supposed to be Calgary and Chicago tonight. That would have been the only game going on in the National Hockey League instead of quiet day on the schedule. Now, as for the Oilers, well, we've seen them go through this five-game losing streak now. Uh, they went into Seattle, fell behind, of course, as they almost always do. Furious rally in the third. They lost 4-3. Homestand started against Los Angeles. Uh, guess what? They allowed the first goal. They were trailing 2-1 after two. Weren't doing much in the third period. Despite being within a goal, McDavid gets the major penalty. Kings pile it on late in the third, win at 5-1. Then against Minnesota. Well, yes, Oilers fell behind 2-0 yet again. Uh, down 2-1 after two periods. And Minnesota able to win at 4-1. Really good game from Cam Talbot. Against Boston, well, what do you know? The Oilers fall behind. Yes, 2-0. Yes, they're down 2-1 after two. They tied up in the third, and then uh, Boston able to reply and crank it up a little bit and let it uh, get in a late-game winner. And then against Carolina, I mean, no doubt to me that Carolina was the better team in the game. And again, the Oilers fell behind 2-0. Again, all four games in this homestand, down 2-1 after two periods. And, you know, at times, some chances in the third period. I, I really think Freddie Anderson probably did his best work in the in the second half of the first uh, the Oilers had a couple of good chances after they were down 3-1, but even then they were in Hail Mary, uh, Hail, Mary ter- uh, Hail Mary territory. There we go. And the Hurricanes win at 3-1. So all four games on the homestand, the Oilers fall behind 2-0. All four games, they trail 2-1 after two, and only one of the games are they able to tie it. And unfortunately, they weren't even able to get that one into overtime, and they have allowed the first goal against in all five games on this homestand, and that is a repeated theme for the Oilers, all five games on the losing streak, and that's a repeated theme for the Oilers throughout the season. And they're and they're not getting a lot of goals. They are, they are not getting a lot of goals. Only eight goals over the course of the five-game losing streak. Tippett commented on the lack of offense. Well, there's lots of things we've been talking about trying to... It's, you want to score, obviously, and we always talk about, you know, we've got to score hard goals. Well, we'll we'll score nice goals and hard goals, rush goals. We'll bring them all on right now, you know. 
but we, you know, we try to have a mindset. In the, the last three games, we've had lots of attempts, lots of pucks going at the net, and nothing finding its way in. So you got to keep some of that. Now that being said, there's opportunities. Like if you look at, we have five or six, I would call grade A opportunities, with some with open nets and missed the net or hit a foot or something like that. So there's there's times when you just as much as you feel like you want to hammer the thing in the back of the net, it's not going in for you. And that's where we've been at the last three games a little bit. So you got to stay with it. That's what we talked about in practice today. You got to stay with it. Go to the net hard, finish hard. It starts out there and then hopefully that translates in the game. All right, and uh, Leon Dreisaitl, who, of course, is the Oilers' top goal scorer, top goal scorer in the National Hockey League, he had this to say about trying to find more goals out there. Well, you, you have to bear down, right, when it's not, especially when it's not going your way. Like I said, it's everything seems a little harder. Um, pucks aren't going in, yes. Um, pucks, pucks are laying around the crease. Uh, we, we, we can't find a way to, to, to get them in, but... That's where you really have to bear down and, and, and make sure that when you have that chance, you know, because one, one goal can really turn it around for, for our entire group, right? One 5-1-5 five, one, five, five, one, five goal um, can really, you know, push us in, in, into a different direction. So, um, yeah, just be ready. Be ready when the chance is there. All right, a little bit there from Leon Dreisaitl. So Oilers and Toronto tomorrow, Furnace Family, Oilers Hockey, 5.30 for the face-off show, and the game will start at 7. More updates from uh, Oilers practice as we move along today, some of the particulars of some of the things they were working on. Devin Dubnik, former Oilers goaltender, now signed on with the Charlotte Checkers of the American Hockey League. He's going to visit with us between 6.30 and 7. If you would like to visit, you can give me a call on the CertainTeed hotline, 780-496-0060. Three certain teed professional grade building materials. Follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R E I D W I L K I N S, and you can email the program inside sports at 630ched.com. Back after this. Devin Dubnik coming up between 6.30 and 7. It'll be good to catch up with the former Oilers goaltender. Now, though, when this gentleman called the show last week, he was calling from an outdoor rink. Sir Robert, are you in a, in a similar location or perhaps an even cooler location tonight? No, Reed, I'm not. I'm actually, I'm actually uh, uh, tonight I'm actually inside, believe it or not. All right. I, it's okay. <laughs> What's going on? Um, well, look. I mean, you know what? I think uh, you know this. Uh, uh, you know the Oilers being on a being on a five-game losing streak, it sucks. But you know what? I think to, to put this into perspective a little bit, I think a, a five-game losing streak now is a lot better than a five-game losing streak in March and April when you're pushing for the playoffs. Now, now that being said, I think I think getting getting a I think getting like a, a guy like Keith back potentially tomorrow will help getting. Smith back as soon as possible will help. I think, uh, you know what, this team, uh, you know, yeah, they're struggling, but I mean, you know what? I mean, uh, I think I've said this before, the, uh, the, con- the you know, that, uh, that constant uh, falling behind one or two nothing every game, you know, I, don't, I, I mean, 
the exact uh, the exact percentages of teams in the NHL that win under that scenario can't be very high. I, d I don't know exactly what it is, but I, I would imagine it's not very good. No, you're right. I mean, they keep falling behind, not just one nothing, but 2 nothing lately. Thanks for checking in, man. That is uh, Sir Robert on the 13th hotline, 780-496-0063. It's, uh, it's plagued the Oilers all season long. I know everybody's probably sick of hearing about it. I'm kind of sick of talking about it, but it continues to be a goal. I mean, what is it up to now, or continues to be a sto story? What is it up to now, 14 of the last 17 games? The Oilers have fallen behind one nothing. They're, uh, I mean, what, you got three other teams that have scored the first goal as seldom as the Oilers have, and all those teams are well below 500 and aren't going to be going to the playoffs. So if you look at it from that way, it's uh, it's amazing what the Oilers have been able to do despite falling behind so often, but it is catching up to them lately for sure. That was uh, Sir Robert at 780-496-0063. Grey Cup yesterday turned into an absolute beauty. The uh, I, I, I got to admit, I was a little worried after the first half, and if you've been listening throughout the CFL season, I have felt a little concerned about what I consider to be um, – when I say a lack of offense, I don't just mean a lack of points. I, I'm just, you know, a lack of drives, a lack of exciting plays. Uh, I feel like the, the defense is the one taking the initiative in a lot of games and quarterbacks are under a lot of pressure and uh, there, there's just not a lot of action sometimes. And I kind of felt that way the first half yesterday and then my oh my, it got going. I, I mean, an absolutely memorable game and will be some fun things to discuss i think for armchair quarterbacks and coaches in the years to come about this game including uh tim white giving it's funny because jack michaels in all his sarcasm was prophetic last week when he said i like winnipeg's rouge game he, he said i think winnipeg's gonna get a key rouge and what happened <laughs> they got a key rouge to go up by three late in the game you know, I, I get it. If, if if he doesn't give up that rouge and they get down there and they kick a field goal, they win. But I don't think he returns the ball to anywhere near the 35-yard line if he tries to run that out. I know I've read people saying, well, he caught it and there's all that green in front of him. Well, yes, when a, re when a returner catches the ball on a kickoff, there's always a lot of green in front of him at the instant he catches it. All the guys are running down to tackle him, though. I, I mean, I think maybe he makes the 20-yard line if you look at what an average return is. And then they're starting further back. They probably don't uh, get the same result on their on their first down to get the drive going. And, you know, I think then Winnipeg feels even further of advantage. If, if they do get down there, the field goal could have been 20, 30 yards longer into that wind, and who knows what happens. I'll tell you this, of, of all the what-ifs, I mean, to me, okay, you want to blame the kicker and then the, the field goal, there. you want to blame the kick returner and the three points at the end was only to tie instead of to win. Well, think of this, though. He gave up the single point. I think that gave them at least 10 extra yards in field position, if not 15. They were first and goal on the five to win the Grey Cup. First and goal on the five to win the Grey Cup with plenty of time. And they got beat by the Winnipeg defense in that key time. So, I, I mean, you can point to that one play, but there were so many different things that happened. Oh, and by the way, Hamilton was up 22-10 and couldn't put the game away. Winnipeg seemed totally comfortable and was able to come back and then execute in overtime as well. But an amazing game, and we'll talk more about that with Blake Dermott between 7 and 7.30 tonight. All right.
a uh, well-traveled goaltender. He was an oiler. He was a predator. He was a coyote. He was a Montreal Canadian, though he never played for them. He played for the Wild, for the Sharks, for the Avalanche, and he's now a member of the Charlotte Checkers. Devin Dubnik, up next, Inside Sports on 630 Chat. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.